Welcome to the Every Thought Matters podcast, where I get a chance to talk to people about their thoughts, their journeys, and have a little fun and hopefully learn something about ourselves along the way. So please click like, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a comment, and thank you so much for listening. It truly means a lot to me. Have a great day, and remember, every thought does matter. Tune into my ninth episode as I have an amazing conversation with Sarah Moore from Down Under. Yes, she's from Australia. Sarah is an entrepreneur and founder of Eleven Lights Media. We cover rejection, thought patterns, our own history that helped us grow, Australian music, Ginny Barks, of course, and Sarah's journey to becoming a content queen. Listen for some truth bombs about social media and life and enjoy this great episode. I sure did. Well, hi, Sarah Moore, content queen. I love when I saw that on my screen when you came up. It's like, yep, she owns it. How are you? I'm well, thanks, Kelly. Thanks for having me. Oh, gosh. Um, a little trip down memory lane and a little online platform called Blab. Remember that? Oh, back in the day. Yeah, Blab was many moons ago now, 2015, 16, something like that. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. It was this, it was kind of the precursor to Zoom, which is what we're using today to record this podcast. But yeah, I remember just being on there and you making me laugh a lot. You made me laugh. But then you also, I'd sit in and watch you and you would drop these knowledge, but you know, these knowledge bursts and I'd go, all right, where's my pen? Where's my paper? I got to write that down. <laughs> and you always had a way of just coming up with some stuff like I and stuff that I remember to this day. I really do. And I see it in in social media. I'm like, yes, yeah, Sarah probably wouldn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's uh, that's very kind of you to say. I um I was definitely in my more social media formative years back then. But um I did read a lot and I, you know, had some clients where I was able to experiment on no one wants yeah. to say that but it's true we experiment on all our clients and if you don't you're lying <laughs> see there you go right there right out of the gate boom little truth bomb and that's what i love about you because i'm not a social media manager and i don't even know what you describe i mean why don't you just describe to my audience and to the people that know you truly what you do so they can understand what you do and why it's important. Yeah, well, I mean, back when we met, I was doing probably more traditional social media management. So um, just posting for people and, you know, analytics and and things like that. Um, Whereas now I've shifted more into really, we've really found our sweet spot and we still do very similar things, but we're more content creation. So that's our sweet spot. We know how to create content. We know how to repurpose content. Um, We know what works on the platforms, but I don't like to position us as social media managers because I think there's an expectation. Um, And I think there's a perception that comes with that, that, that I've never wanted. You know, our clients, the ones that come to us and need us, typically they, they understand that they need content. They understand that they need to be consistent, but we're often, you know, not necessarily the last piece of the marketing pie for them, but we're definitely not the first because for most people, they go straight for ads, whether that's 
um, social ads, Google ads, um, they tend to get other ducks in a row first. And so when they come to us, you know, it's a fun process because we get to create content with them. We get to create content for their audience. And it's not just about ticking a box. We get to do something really, really meaningful for them where we're giving their audience exactly what they want. And, and typically their community hasn't seen the brand or the company do anything like this before. They haven't shown up in this way. And so that's really exciting for us because we get to exercise our creative muscles. Um, but then we also get to, you know, make the platforms, the social media platforms work for us because specifically myself has been in that space for so long. So I know what works. I mean, we don't always get it right. No one always gets it right. Algorithms are changing. and um, We always have to change up what we're doing. But I mean, I mean, that's not really in a nutshell, is it? That's me giving you an essay on it. But in a nutshell, we create content for our clients. There you whatever, go. Whatever, <laughs> whatever. You're always, I, I just, you have a way about you in general. And I'm sure your clients say the same thing because you, I just was nervous about this for whatever reason. And I don't know why, because I've known you for, yeah, going on six years. And I was like nervous. And then we got on and we just start talking, you know, before we hit the record button. And I'm like, she just put me at ease. I'm not sure why, but, and I'm sure your clients have that same feedback that, you know, you just make people feel safe, secure, but also, like I said, you always drop truth bombs and I love it. And I, you know, I think that's amazing, but I'm not here to talk about your job because that doesn't define who you are. I know you have a lot of other things that are going on out there in the world besides a dog. And like my dog is trying to get some attention, but how did you fall into this? Or did you fall into it? Is this a is this like your life's purpose or you've always been a, a creator at heart? How'd that start? Um, yeah, I've definitely always had that creative edge. Like growing up, I always wanted to sing or draw um, or, and I'm not very good at drawing, by the way. I just want to put that out there. I still sing <laughs> a little bit here and there. I still, I think my heart and soul is in music. Um, but, you know, it was never going to be a job. Not, not, not in that way. Right. Um, and I never developed it enough to be good enough for it to be a job. And I know that sounds like I'm trying to be humble, but it's, it's actually just the truth. I wouldn't be good enough to stand the test in any kind of formal music role, whether that was a music teacher, whether that was part of a band, whether that was whatever. Um, but I always had that creative I bent to me my brother's very very opposite he's very um entirely opposite very logical very um you know all the other things that I'm not so and I really see that now that we're adults like looking back um so yes always creative um didn't know that I was always going to have my own business but it was interesting because when I left school I enrolled in university I got into law and um, I got into a, a double degree so I was doing law and then I was doing um, creative industries as well because I was just like I wanted to be a lawyer to the stars I was like I'm smart I'm a smart girl I could be the legal aid to you know all the celebrities because I felt like that was like two worlds 
colliding for me. It was my creative side and it was like that very, I do have a very like business, like black and white, um, I don't know what you would call it, but it's, it's yeah. I'm about 50-50. I, I know, I know what you're saying. So you yeah, did, so. Hmm. That's fascinating. I didn't know this about you. And, you know, like I said, we've known each other for a while, but you've always been very creative and be creative in music is hard. That's hard. And I know that's coming from a, uh, I'm a son of a, and I'll say this humbly, a genius musician. So, and music creation is hard. And then you just parlayed that and you found your niche as being an entrepreneur, which is a, I, as somebody for myself, just speaking from my own experience, I worked in the corporate world for a long time. So regular paycheck, always had insurance, all that stuff. And now I'm venturing out being an entrepreneur, being a life coach. You just walked right into that. And you seem to, I know we don't see the behind the scenes, but how did you make that work from being wanting to be a lawyer to literally, you know, having to go paycheck to paycheck and make it and create clients when there was none. That's a, um, the entrepreneurial world is fascinating to me and you do it so well, and, I think. Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you to say. Um, but you know, I do, like just to be very cut and dry about it you know, I'm fortunate enough to be married to someone who's always worked as well. So I haven't had that, had that sole responsibility of being the sole income earner. And um, it's probably not been as hard for me as it has been for other people. Don't get me wrong. There's times where we've nearly lost everything and my whole entire team can hear me talk about this now so this is fun um yeah there was there was a time a few years ago where we we nearly lost everything including our home um so it's not necessarily been easy just because there's been two incomes um but I dare say that for me it may have been easier than it has been for a single mother or you know someone who just doesn't have another income to rely on so there is that but you know I did I went and did law for a little bit and then I quit it because I was just like this is ridiculous I don't even enjoy it and then um creative industries was a joke as far as a degree is concerned and then at the, in the position that I was in in retail at the time I got promoted to manager and I was like I don't know what I'm doing I don't even think I don't even think I was 20 years old at the time or I was just 20 but I didn't know what I was doing and I felt responsibility on my shoulders to know what I was doing so I was reading a lot of John Maxwell at the time trying to be a better leader um, and then I decided to enroll in um, a business degree and I double majored in marketing and management and leadership and let me tell you I learned nothing so <laughs> I, you know, I always see these people who start marketing businesses and they're like, I went and did a marketing degree. And I often wonder if it helped them because it, it really didn't make a dent. I never, ever think, I can't even tell you anything I learned back then. I could tell you what I learned in school before I could tell you what I learned in university. Um, so I was doing that externally to a full-time job. Um, and then I hopped into another job at the time. I stopped being manager because it was just not enough pay for a lot of stress. <laughs> um, and I 
switched up and I took a more relaxed role for more money somewhere else, which was great. But it was still, the commute was a lot. So it was like 12 to 14 nowadays and I was trying to do a degree on top of that. So eventually I just had to call it quits and I probably only had a year left. Um, and then fell pregnant, had my daughter. And it was really in that time of being at that corporate job that I realized I've always been very driven and very ambitious and always wanting to be the top and the best. And those kinds of things have always driven me very competitive. Um, and while I was young, it probably wasn't very healthy, but I recognized that while I was in corporate, that I was only ever going to build someone else's dream. And I, and I was finally in a structure where I could see the top. I was like, I had a general manager and I was like, that's the top. And really beyond that, it's the CEO. And I'm like, my earning is capped. My vision is somebody else's. And the job that I was looking at, someone else doing, I'm like, oh, it looks so boring. Like, it looks boring and it looks sexist. <laughs> That's what it looked like. Um, very much a man's world. And then I had Poppy and it was in that time that that entrepreneurial thing started to really bubble up in me and... Um, I really looked into, actually looked into um, starting a product-based business at the time. I got pretty far down the track before I realized I wouldn't enjoy that. And then I started a business with my mum and we had that for a couple of years. And then I started a business with my best friend and we did one job and then we quit. And then, um, and then I started what is now 11 Lights Media. At the time it wasn't called that though. But um, yeah, I started that. Um, because those other things taught me that that what I loved was social media and what I understood was social media and it was a way for me to marry creativity and and going after the sale and all the things that I loved about being in business and working like that that driven ambitious side it it feeds off something right and now that I have this job I can see for me a lot of it it feeds off like sales and needle moving activities like they make you feel so good um so yeah that's um that's kind of how it all came about that's kind of cool now what struck me in that is it does this feel like a job or a vocation to you because it seems like a vocation to me it seems like a because to me uh, as a coach there's a job and there's a, a career. I've had jobs, you know, working, pushing papers. I've had careers. I was a computer programmer for 25 years. I was a filmmaker for 10, but now I have a vocation, which is, you know, life coaching. So it seems like this doesn't feel to me, the way you talk about it, doesn't feel like a job. Like, cause you know, I'm curious about that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a weird thing, right? Like you see all of that rhetoric online about, you know, do something you love and you'll never work a day in your life. And, um, <laughs> and then there's the other side of the coin, which is like entrepreneurs will work 80 hours for themselves so they don't have to work 40 hours for someone else. And, you know, in many respects, both are true, but I think they're both skewed. So the first one where mm -hmm. it's like, do something you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Um, I don't agree with that, but I understand the intention with which it's coming from. So 
I don't feel like I work in this job, in this company, the same as I felt when I was in my other roles. I don't feel the same external pressure. I don't feel the same relational. Um, like I, I worked in toxic environments as well. So I've tried to create the opposite here. And, um, and when you've worked in a toxic environment, that's actually something that was, that's probably the, the thing that when things got hard or were really hard, I was like, I never want to go back to that. And so I would rather create a culture and an environment that I want to work in than risk going and working in someone else's and be exposed to that again because it gave me, um, it contributed a lot to my health and it contributed a lot to my headspace. And I felt like I was going crazy sometimes. I'm like, am I the only person that cares about doing a good job? Like I wasn't just there to get a paycheck. And I actually think in many respects, like a lot of people who start their own business go, oh, I'm not employable. No one could ever employ me because, you know, I could never go back to it kind of thing. But I also actually think that people who've worked for themselves will make the best employees because they totally understand what goes in behind the scenes, the stress, the like the, the financial overheads, the, um, you know, even just like working very long days just to get work done. Like before I had a team, I had to do everything, every aspect of the business. And, and I was like everybody else left it too late before I hired my first person because um, you're scared and because you're, you're responsible for another human being and you're responsible for their mortgage and their family and all those things. And so you're like, well, what if I can't pay them? So like that all goes through your head and you leave it too long. And so, but on the other side of that, you're working stupid hours and you're stressed and you don't have the capacity for more. So you're also living in famine and feast, right? So um, back to the original question, because I've gone a little, little bit off there, but it's not a job in the way that I've worked in a job, of course but I'm not coming to work like it's like I'm going to, I was going to say dream world. You probably don't even know what dream world is. Like I'm going to Disney every day as well. Right. right? Yeah. Like, right. and I think, and I think any entrepreneur is like the hardest on themselves. Like I see how hard my team works and how much they get done. And then I'll think about it at night when I can't sleep like last night <laughs> and I'll just be like, I'm the worst member of my own team, you know, like you, you, you deal with like all this stuff that, that yeah. other people don't deal with. So it's not Disney every day at work because there's a lot on your shoulders, but it's not a job in the same way that right. um, it, it's been a job somewhere else. And I don't know what the, that middle ground is. It's not a free pass, but it's not no. I, I, like, it's not, I, I hated being employed in the end. I really did. Yeah. And that's, and that's one thing I truly love and adore about you is that you always are not afraid to tell hard truths, not just about stuff that you're working on, but about yourself too. Like you answered that question, like with 
so much transparency. It's not, it's wonderful. And the only thing I'm gonna, it's not advice, but it's just something that always stuck with me. I used to have an IT director by the name of Ben Backer. And I want to give a name and a shout out to him, but he said, Kelly, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I'm surrounded by the smartest people. That's what a great leader is. And when you run a business, you, yeah, you got the vision and you got the dream for it, but you got to make sure you surround yourself with the smartest people. And it seems like you've done that. And it's scary because like you said, this is your dime and they're relying on you, but they're also relying on your vision and your dream too, to move them forward and keep that. And that's, gosh, I just get lit up by thinking about stuff like that. That's just because I know at some point in time, you know, three or four years down the road, I've had people tell me that big things are coming for me. And I'm not, not talking in my survival job. That's because that's what I have currently as a survival job while I do this. But I know that. And I know I have that same feeling that you're going to have, that you have it every day and you lay awake at night going, wow. But that just, to me, means you're a good leader because you care. And we both worked in those toxic environments where we've worked for leaders that don't care that they're punching in and punching out, even though they're salaried. And you're like, why is it that I care about whether or not the floors are clean when you don't really care, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, I'm going to switch up on you a little bit because I want to know why or how you came up with the name uh, 11 lights media. And I'm going to, preface that with my birthday is 11 11 so 11 is my my favorite number oh wow right so i'm fascinated by that i I, and i i don't know i just think that's cool and i want to know where you came up with 11 lights media as a name for your business kelly i i i need to i need to work on a better story than what it really is you're gonna be (laughs) you're gonna be mildly disappointed let me tell you that um, oh. the, the first part of it is that, um, my business coach at the time, he was like, you, you got to, we talked about like the vision of what I wanted. And he was like, right, well, don't stay a personal brand, become a company. So that's what I did. And, um, because I was, I mean, you knew me as a personal brand for a long time for us, yeah. media. but, um, <laughs> when I started searching for domain names, I couldn't get anything with social at the end or anything with media at the end because I was mindful of not limiting myself. Um, You know, I started looking for something social, something social, and that didn't exist. And then I was like, well, hang on. What if I, what if I end up doing video? What if I end up um, consulting only? I need to be a little bit more broad than social. So I went down the media track. And it was the same problem. I couldn't find a two-word name that just ended in media. It was all gone at that point. So at that point, I needed three things. And um, the, the 11 actually comes from an experience that I had in about, I want to say 2015, 2014. Um, I actually got to meet the manager of my favorite band in the whole world. I bought time with him. I think I spent $500 and I got to meet with him. So I flew down to Sydney 
Um, so for those who haven't picked up on the accent, I am in Australia. So um, <laughs> I flew down to Sydney and I went into the 11 Music HQ. Um, and he had, now I don't know if you're going to know any of these names. You may not. Okay. It's fine. But he basically has had some of the biggest Australian um, bands, certainly in my time growing up. Um, he had um, a band called Silverchair, which were my all-time favourite band. He had my favourite female artist, Missy Higgins. Um, he had, I think he might have even had like AC. No, I don't even want to say that. No. Um, <laughs> he had, who's the screamer? Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Barnes. He had Jimmy Barnes for a bit. He had Wolf Mother. He had all these bands that people here know, but you may not. And right. um, and I got to meet him, and it was as close to meeting the band right. as I could get. But it was a really great conversation, and it was funny because when I went in, he was like, "Do you have a CD for me? Like, do you have? Are you gonna hand me something?" Like he assumed that I bought time with him to yeah, to, to demo a CD or a record or whatever, right? That's what. Yeah, right. and I was like, "I'm not here for that. I'm here to just chat." And it was just before I started, it, it might have even been 2013. It was just before I started the, the business before Eleven Lights Media with my best friend because we started a music production company for a hot second because my friend is a brilliant musician and we had one gig and that was it. But I just wanted advice. So that's what I did. So that's where the Eleven came from. I stole it from Eleven Music. Um, nice. And the light part really comes, it stems from my faith. And so you would have seen me talk about that a number of times. I'm a Christian and um, yeah. I just felt like it was just a nice hat tip to my faith and the fact that we want to operate in integrity and um, and at the same time, shine a light on people's brands. You, you know, we're trying to bring awareness to them. And um, I've always had a visual um, visual imagery in my mind of, of a spotlight on a brand when, when I'm thinking about marketing for them. So that's where that came from. And the last word is obvious. So yeah, that's how well, it yeah, came to be, but I really need to shorten the story. <laughs> so I love the story and that's, that's why I have a podcast because I love stories like that. That stuff fascinates me more than, what you do and how you create content and what you, whether or not you use Adobe Photoshop pro premiere, blah, blah, blah. That's boring to me. Uh, that those kind of stories are great because it shows the human side to the person. And, yeah. and also part of what I like about doing a podcast is just talking to people, but also it helps them refine maybe their pitch a little bit. And it helps me refine my pitch too, literally, because I'll say, well, I'm a life coach and whatever. It's, it works both ways. And that, I love those kinds of stories. And I wrote down, a, it was weird because I was like, I didn't have any questions. And then like 10 minutes before, all of a sudden I just scribbled an entire page. The 11 Lights Media one was one I want stuck on because now I can see how you look at it. And now my brain goes to from my filmmaking careers where there's 11 different lights and you're shining those 11 different lights on that brand. And each one of them shows the brand in just a different light, you know? Oh, wow. I like that. Because uh, they, 
a brand, no matter whether it's local or, you know, worldwide, means something to different to everyone. So you've got 11 different lights. I, I just picture, I, and you know what those lights look like. You know, those lights, not the lights on a, a stage where you're singing, but a lights in a studio. You got 11 different ones. Each one of those show just that brand in a different light. Mm-hmm. You got 11 different ways to show the brand, if you will. And I'm not saying you're going to create 11 that. different pieces of content, but <laughs> that's what, you know, we do. And I, I'm struggling to remember that one blab that we did where I was basically your note taker in the middle of it. And I can't remember who the guest was. Who was that? That Grant Cardone. Um, I, I interviewed Brian Kramer. Brian Kramer. That's who it was. Yeah. yeah he's a good actor. We had everybody chatting and I was just in the background feeding you notes. It was great. Yeah. Right. I was and, so nervous because he was a TED speaker and right. I was like, I couldn't believe he let me interview him. That was wild. Yeah. There were so many people on that blab. Yeah, I. It, it's very interesting to me too. And you went down the music route, which I I had forgotten about how much that's truly is a you know in your veins. And because I can remember some side conversations about that. And but I watch a lot of Australian TV now, not because of you. You can you can take the credit if you'd like, but. I do watch a ton of Australian TV now. It's become my home away from home watching, you know, from anything from Offspring to, but the music side of it, there was this thing that got picked up by Sundance called Upright, which the guy in it is a musician. He's apparently, he's a really good musician, but he's also an actor and whatever. And it was this story of this guy who gets basically picked up by this young girl and they're hauling a piano across Australia and my, must forgive me, my Australian geography is crap, but it was a really great so story. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> well, I see, I know where Brisbane is and I know where Sydney is and I know where now I know where Queensland is because I just started another Australian TV show the other day, which is, I'm on my second run of Offspring, which apparently was pretty big over there. But yeah, that's such a I didn't great watch it, show. But yes. Sorry? Sorry again? I didn't watch it myself. I didn't watch it okay. myself. But yes, it was it was huge here. Yeah. And so but that upright, it's obviously it's an upright piano, which is but it's such a great it, it's such a great story. And then yeah, right. you know, it's a single it's single contained. It's like ten episodes. So it doesn't take long, but anyway, the guy was a musician and I don't remember who he was, but long story short, I just remember you talking about that and I'm like, oh, I need to bring that up too. I could sit and talk to you about Australian TV until the cows come home, literally. (laughs) And I I even read Australian books. I've got the the lady who wrote The Dry, I've read her a follow-up book from it and it was really, really, really good. It was about the Australian Outback, which kind of freaks me out, but Anyway, like I, you, you go on tangents, I go on tangents. That's just, that's what we've done, but. That's what we do. It is. That's just, I don't know. Whenever we talk, it's just, that's kind of how that works. It, It worked on Blab. It works in our, you know, instant message conversations. And I love following your progress. And I, what I truly enjoy about you is that you don't 
uh, follow the beaten path when it comes to social media, which I, I personally agree with because there's right, you know, it's ever evolving, you know, from now it's TikTok and when it was Snapchat and, and, and so on and so forth and how we consume content, all of that and all the metrics behind it. It's just, you're always seemingly ahead of the curve on that. Seemingly. <clears throat> I'm, I so do too. a lot of watching. <laughs> I do a lot of watching. I'm not, um, I don't always um, participate, believe it or not. I do a lot of watching though. And it doesn't take, here's the thing. Here's the secret about social media. Let me share the secret about social media. So for anyone listening, if you have a business, the secret is that, Every platform is the same in that um, there are pillars that matter across everything. So we're not going to talk about social for long, just 30 seconds. But <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you show up, if you're consistent, if you connect with other people, if you hook them in somehow, like, it, and it doesn't matter what format, it could be a clubhouse title, it could be, um, it could be the way that you introduce your TikTok or your Snapchat, whatever, because you've only got 15, 30, 60 seconds. Um, it doesn't really matter how you, how, you, how you do it. It's those pillars that if you keep coming back to, if you're consistent, if you choose to show up, if you hook people in, those things, every social platform is the same, even though the execution looks different. Oh, yeah. So... That's, and, and you know what? I used to get a lot of FOMO on like, I'm not the first aunt. Like I'm not, I'm not an early adopter in that I want to jump on everything. Sometimes, like I loved Blab and I had the time back then to do it. Um, but a lot of the times I'll sit back and watch unless it's just like a real, unless I'm like that social platform really hits a sweet spot for me. So I'm not an early adopter in that regard, but it doesn't it take it doesn't take long once you've watched to go. Yep, the same things work, even though the execution is different. I agree with that. And as somebody who's trying to be an entrepreneur and I'm trying to build a social media presence, it's just that's I just took you know mental notes because my dog's trying to play. So, but I think that's true though. No matter what platform, whether it's and it's kind of funny because I'm getting notices on Facebook now. You've been friends with so and so for like nine years. I'm like, wow, Facebook's up becoming antiquated or whatever. And it may not be yeah. antiquated, whatever. That's not this discussion, but it's just like, it's still all of those things. It's all, you know, show up, be consistent, you know, have something of value. And I remember on Blab, you know, there was a lady that all she taught was how to find your why. You know, and know what your why is, because if you don't know what your why is, what do you, why are you doing it? Yeah. You know, why am I a coach? Why do I do podcasting? Because I truthfully, it feeds my energy. It yeah. makes me feel good. I feel great. Especially in this, I feel like a million dollars right now. That's oh, my why. So Simple. It, it's fun. And I love it. It was the week where we had a, that huge freeze in Texas. So I, I had three podcasts lined up that week and that, and Texas doesn't freeze. I mean, we had a hard freeze. I don't know if you guys, and you get a hard freeze where it kills bugs and everything and all of that. Right. 
So we had a hard freeze down here, which we never do. And I had three podcasts lined up in three different countries that week. And wow. that's fun for me. I've, I've, you know, I found spots for all of them. Uh, I had one earlier this week. Uh, she's out in LA. I got one in Canada up at the end of the month, you know, Australia today, which is great. And then I got New York city coming up next Tuesday. Uh, you know, and just, be, I just, I don't know. This is one space where I don't have any fear. I love it. That's so good. And that's what everybody needs to find. They just need to find their thing. And for a lot of people, it's, it's just about showing up and trying it. But often the fear stops them in the first place. But everyone can find some, you know, for, for some people, it's just going to be the written word, isn't it? Like oh, they, they don't have to show up, use their voice. They don't have to put their face on camera. They can just write. And that's the beauty of it. We can all express ourselves because we all want connection and community. And that's why, like, I'm so happy that you found this outlet and this medium that feeds your soul because it's so important that we all find that whether we have a business or not. Yeah, I agree. And it's not everybody gets it. And I, I don't know. I had a, it was a years ago and I was reading about my dating and whatever. And this guy wrote this article and it, you know, about when he went to university, as you guys call it, we call it college here, but university, whatever. (laughs) And he was struggling getting dates while he was in college. And one day he just went out and said, I'm going to, you know, one afternoon he'd walk to campus and ask 10 girls out. And he was surprised because he got like six yeses. He was so surprised. And, Mm-hmm. that's what I that's kind of how I've approached the podcasting it's like I'm just gonna ask people and you know one of my lady I she worked writes for a magazine out of New York and I literally a writer and she kept it I've known her for forever like 2009 maybe just social media and yeah, wow. she was a writer and she pushed and she, that's what she wanted to do and, and now she's a fashion editor for a New York online magazine and she's gonna wow. be on yeah you know, and I just keep asking. And she reached out to me out of the blue because I'd asked her a long time ago and it's just scheduled in wackadoodle. But that's, we all need that space where we don't fear failing. I don't. I, I've been rejected for this. So I've reached out to people and like, no, but whatever. I don't care. I, I'm, I love rejection. I'd actually, <laughs> let me reframe. I don't love rejection, but I love that once it's done you're actually you realize how okay you are like the amount of stuff I put off because I don't want to hear a no or I think what's the worst thing that could possibly happen and it's and I'll procrastinate procrastinate I won't make the phone call I won't send the email I won't I won't do what I need to do because like back here right back here it's like you're going to get rejected it's going to be the worst possible scenario and then you do get rejected and it's just like, oh, I'm okay. I'm all right. Like it might have hurt my pride for a second, but at the end of the day, I think back to all those times where I nearly lost my business and I had to cold call and like do all this stuff that made me extraordinarily uncomfortable, like literally walk into businesses and, and try and sell myself. And I don't have to do that anymore. And no. I don't even remember the feelings I felt back then. Like I don't, I remember doing it, 
but I don't remember the embarrassment or the like nerves or the rejection. I don't remember it because it doesn't matter anymore. And they don't remember me. Like they're not, people are thinking about us a lot less than we think that they are. <laughs> yeah. You know, in that and, negative sense. Right. I agree. And that's kind of why I preach, you know, your thoughts do matter. And because you have obviously discarded those thoughts, whatever thoughts you had in the middle of all of that, and they're gone. They're literally yeah. erased from your, and that's, I don't know, that's an amazing feeling. And that's why I, I talk to people like, just watch your thoughts. What there's a, I, I'm not a Buddhist, but I read some of that stuff. And one of the things that's always stuck with me is watch your life. Like it's a movie. Like, oh, yeah. you're the protagonist in this, you're the protagonist in a movie and you just start watching yourself. And like, oh, you had that thought. I and now you watch in the middle of that, you watch yourself like, oh my God, what I'm do, walking in and trying to get business. You don't remember the feeling. Cause now you're watching yourself like, no, I didn't have that thought. Yeah. I didn't have all of it's, that anxiety. Whatever it was. Good. And I don't want to that's not the point. The point is is you found a way to find better thought patterns for you. So you, you know, when you do get a no, the next yes is going to feel even better. And also when people ask stuff of you, cause I know now, cause I'm sure people come up and ask you for advice and all of that good stuff and your content and your advice is not free. And you got to say no. Cause one thing I preach a lot is say no. So your yes means more always. Yeah, that's good. Always, because, really you know, I, I want to help everybody, but I can't help everybody if I don't help myself. Yeah, yeah. Can I add to that conversation as well Please. that Please. the faster that you fail, re get rejected, all of those mm -hmm. good things, because they are good things, <laughs> um, the faster that you do that, the quicker that you have history to pull from, Right. So if you keep avoiding failure, if you keep avoiding rejection, then there's going to come a day where you have to do the thing regardless and there's a good chance you'll get rejected or you'll fail, whatever it is. If you can't look back and go, well, I failed and got rejected all those other times and I'm fine and I realised that in a day or two I don't even think about it anymore or in a month the feeling goes or however long it takes you to process if you don't have that history to pull from, it gets harder and harder and harder to take action the older you get. But if you've started that 10 years ago, five years ago, a year ago, you can go, hey, I did it then and I was okay. So you'll be faster at doing it now. That's a, I, I wow. Okay, great. I, got, I just got coached. Brilliant. I love it. <laughs> I think people underestimate having history with themselves. Very good. I do. Wow. I've never looked at it that way, but the creating, I mean, you don't want, you don't want the rejection because it doesn't feel good, but the, the plus side is you create that history of knowing, you know, and even like for me saying in the dating world, the more, more rejections I get, you know, Oh, okay. Yeah. That didn't feel good, but I'm okay. I survived that. I'm good. And I, you know, I have a very personal story because 
I knew my heart was broke and I'm like in the middle of crying my eyes out. I knew that I was going to be okay because I had that history. I had that history of knowing, you know, my heart was, you know, horribly broken and I was crying, but I was also going, by Monday, you'll be fine. Yeah. 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 Because I had that history because I knew what that felt yeah. like. So I knew that I could recover from it and in sales and in entrepreneurship and even in coaching where I might, you know, not help them perfectly, but I can help them go. It's all right. Cause yeah, it brings up this book that I've been reading and my friend gave it to me and it's by Marie Forleo. And you've probably seen some of my posts on Instagram and it's, she's failed so many times. It's not even funny. And she just kept mm. up and going and she created that history toward that success to start because she understood, okay, well, you know, every failure is a, a chance for you to learn no matter what mm -hmm. it is. And as long as you just take that lesson and go, okay, A, I survived it and B, what did I learn? Maybe I need to re change my pitch this way. And, mm -hmm. you know, I failed with my pitch to people in person, like about it being a coach and like, okay, I got to work on that. Okay, whatever. Yeah. I'll work on it. I got to, as yeah. you said earlier, you got to write, you know, we yeah. all have to write to connect. Yeah. Um, and to your point, it's never, it's never truly failure. If, if you take the lesson, it feels like failure if you can't learn from it, but if you can, you've just, you've actually probably learned a very potentially expensive lesson in an, in a less expensive way. Right. It's like the younger, the younger things happen, the younger, the, the not even the younger, but the younger we are when we can be conscious of it, the more that we can learn from it and it can actually work to our advantage. And that's why things like suicide is so sad because it's like people like, like youth suicide and stuff, they just haven't had the history yet of getting through something and knowing that it will be okay, knowing that they're actually resilient. You know, like looking back and said, saying, I can get through this because I got through that. They just haven't had that history, haven't had that time to know that about themselves. It feels hard. It feels like the worst thing. And yeah. You, you never it's, seem it's to cease to amaze me. Like you, you're an amazing, you know, entrepreneur. You've got a team now. And because I knew you went when you were just, trying things on, you know, it's like going to a, you know, clothing store and trying something on. Okay. That doesn't work. Okay. That worked. That doesn't work, but that works, but that doesn't go with those shoes, you know, and so on. And now you've got a team and yet you're dropping coaching knowledge to me, which is wonderful. And I'm, I'm it's brilliant as always. And I love that you're not cut from the same cloth as a lot of people. That's what makes you, what we all need to know is that we got, our own unique skill set. Nobody has my skill set and what I've gone through in my 56 years of life. And so nobody has that and nobody can take that away from me. And you always help me see myself in a little bit different light, but that's, that's one of your gifts. And you may not know that you have that gift, but you do have that gift. Well, thank you, Kelly. That's really lovely to hear. It's very kind of you to say. 
Yeah, because I, I could, you know, one of the basic tenets of social media that I learned that as I'm trying to build a business, as, as you know what that's like, it's that each platform you're on, yes, it's those pillars like you talked about, but you have different audiences, they have different platforms, and so why are you showing them the same content? You know? I remember you saying that years ago, and it's still, people are still doing that. Like, they're pulled... They're running a business, but I'm seeing the same piece of content on, you know, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and Snapchat, and whatever else. And it's like, no, those are different audiences. They're different vibes. There's a different, whatever. Give them something different, unique to them, to make them feel special. And yeah, and give people a reason to follow ago. you. Yeah, totally. And give people a reason to follow you in multiple places because if you can change it up then and if they follow you in multiple places then your touch points with them are more so the trust mm -hmm. is built faster so right. in terms of like when you're talking just business and closing a sale that's going to be faster but if you're looking to build a connection for whatever reason like in your case you know if you're wanting to get people on the podcast showing up in different places and putting out different content and look it can be the same content it just needs to be contextualized for the platform. So it might just be rewording of the post. It could be the same image um, or the same video. It just needs a little bit more context. Um, and also like not on the same day, right? Yeah. So doesn't that yeah. make sense? Like if I go and see you on Facebook and then I see you on Instagram and sharing the exact same thing with the exception of timely events and things like that, um, why, like why would I follow you in both places? Give yeah, me something makes different. <laughs> makes a lot of sense. I was just looking at my questions like, okay, she's answered them all and gave me a like, you always drop knowledge. <laughs> so you always do. I, you know, I, I always learn from you, but I just, you have a, a way of making people feel at ease. And at least me personally, you do, but that's also goes back to, you know, your core values of who you are as a person, just to bring integrity to every conversation that you walk into and, but yet you also literally bring, you know, and sounds kind of weird, but you do, you bring those 11 lights into a conversation. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, you have the gift of encouragement, right? I, yes, I do. I know that I know I, I've studied a lot on the law of attraction and things like that. And there's a, uh, lady out there by the name of Abraham Hicks that talks about if you want people in your life, you know, always focus on their positive. And that's what I, I do it, you know, in my survival job as a world largest retailer. And I've got customers from all walks of life from the, you know, those that are, that are on food stamps to, you know, very successful people. And I just, mm -hmm. no matter who they are, I just try to shine the light on who they are <laughs> as, a, as a good person. So anyway, um, Jeannie, so I try to shine a light on the people just to bring some joy to their life in w whether it's one interaction, whether I live in a tourist town called Rockport, Texas. So a lot of people come here to get away from the city life. And I, even then if it's one interaction and I try and make sure that they feel good about that interaction. And I, it's just, what I do and that's why I became a coach because everything I've done from 
being a computer programmer to making films to this and podcasting is just I've always done that everywhere I've gone and I've Mm. my I don't know I'm going to tout a little bit about myself but reason why I survived 25 years in the as a computer programmer was that I I was there when there were dumb terminals meaning there was no internet and I survived from that point all the way through the internet age that we have now I didn't survive because I was the smartest person I survived because I had the people skills to navigate those worlds of talking to people who didn't know much about computers but yet they used them to help solve their problems those people skills, that's the thread I've had. As a filmmaker, you have to produce. You have to find the right team. You have to find the right people, the right tools. To, you know, you have a team. You want to make sure they have the right tools to do their job. You know, mm-hmm. and that thread has always been there. I, I have had that for, and it's just now, I'm now seeing it. And podcasting, it's just another extension of it. And I, this is truly a joy for me. It, when it w- yeah. works like this, it's, I'm going to be on a high for the rest of the day. Oh, it's so good. I love it that. Is. I love when you do things that feed your soul. Yeah, I do. It does feed my soul. And that's, just, that's all what it's about, though. But that's why I just ask people, come on and, you know, see what happens. And I had a yeah. lady who's an inner peace coach that came on two or three weeks ago. And we both made a point of not knowing anything about each other. And I've never met her in my life, not in person. Like I've not met you in person, of course, but because yeah. I haven't been to Australia yet. Uh, <laughs> but I knew nothing about her and, I, and she, all she wanted to drop me was I'm an inner peace coach. And it was a great conversation. It blew me away. Wow. It was that good. And, you know, so it can happen. You can feed your soul. Just got to find a way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. This is good. It's great. And um, I know you have a business to run and it's 9 a.m. or ish. That's probably 10 a.m. Brisbane time, right? Yeah. 10 a.m. on the button. I know. I looked at my clock on my computer. Did, didn't do <laughs> any math, but um, great to see you and great to truly connect with you because you are truly a joy and I'm very proud of you for everything you've done and how you've grown and you're still dropping knowledge though. Jeez. So let's give people, you know, give people how to find you and all of that kind of stuff. Well, first of all, before I do that, thank you for having me. And just so you know, you make it very, very easy to, um, you make it easy to be a guest. Because oh, you, you don't rush anyone and you, um, you're you just very kind and encouraging. So thank you. And thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure. It's been so nice to catch up again. Um, so if you want to connect with me, I'm probably most active on Instagram. So if you type in 11 Lights Media, you'll find me. Um, and it's me. It's not my team. So you can connect with me there. Um, but my website is... 11lightsmedia.com.au and you spell the word 11 so um if you want to have a look there you can check things out but yeah that's that's me that's where you find me great i appreciate you taking the time especially on a friday morning 
my Thursday night. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, your team's working hard already. I can see. So that's wonderful. Yeah, I got yeah. The, oh wait, you can't see. That's better. Yep, she's back there with the whiteboard and the sticky notes. I love it. Yeah. I love she's it. My right hand girl. That's awesome. Keeps me organized. And like I said, <laughs> I'm very proud of you. Great to connect, and let's not go this long next time. Yeah, yeah, it's been really, really good. Thanks for having me, Kelly. I appreciate it. Well, you guys will have a great day and go knock everybody's socks off, all right? You too. Well, you have a good evening. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. Bye.